You are listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. The topic of niching down has been swirling around my conversations lately. So many of us have multiple offers, and you know that can totally work for your brain and your business, and really, that's where the term multi-passionate entrepreneurs comes from, right? And so many of us, we start out our businesses with multiple offers, and as we grow, our products, services, and our approach evolves. You know, we can start to see that we're refining our expertise or sometimes having a hard time marketing all of those things at the same time. And this is where narrowing your scope and niching down can come in. You know, on this podcast, I've shared my feelings on the benefits of having a framework and being able to have multiple offers at different levels that are based on that same framework. It's an approach that's worked for my own business. We're diving deep into this conversation today, how niching and specializing can benefit your business with my guest, Natalie Ekdahl. Natalie launched the Biz Chicks podcast back in 2014, and she has been serving women entrepreneurs ever since. Her company, Biz Chicks Inc., helps service entrepreneurs build enduring, profitable, and sustainable businesses. She is the creator of the Six Figures Lab, a year-long group coaching program for women service-based business owners. By providing strategy, coaching, accountability, and community, Natalie helps these women grow and scale a profitable business. In Natalie's own words, we are unapologetically focused on helping women earn more profit. Because when women earn more money, we have more choices and create more opportunities. Natalie is breaking down the power of specializing and niching in your business. You know, what the difference is between these two terms? What are the benefits of taking this approach? And what are some of the mindset issues you may encounter while making this shift in positioning? Natalie also gives us a solid peek inside her year-long group coaching program. You know that I love to find out what's working and what's unique inside my guest successful programs. So this episode is going to give you so much to think about and maybe even a new inspiration for the direction of your business. The long game is the power of specializing and niching your business with Natalie Ekdahl. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. Okay, hello, everyone. I am a total fan of the approach that we're going to talk about today. Specializing and niching is something that you can do for your business that's going to help you scale. And, you know, I've talked a lot about how a framework creates ease for your business. And in today's conversation, we are going to dive deeper into the power of specializing and niching your business. Natalie Ekdahl is here with me, and we're going to talk about the process and the benefits of going narrow. Mm -hmm. Natalie, so glad to welcome you here. Thank you, Sandra. We have such an alignment in business philosophy, strategy, the long game. I call it building an enduring business. And I'm so excited about helping out the audience today. Yeah, I'm excited to dive deeper into this topic because it is multifaceted. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I see a lot of business owners out there who their areas of expertise are in, you know, they're in multiple areas. Mm -hmm. And some people really think like, hey, I could do that. And, And I know, you know, one of your philosophies is generalization at the start. But to really scale, I believe this too, you've got to start narrowing down. You do. And I used to use the words specialize and niche kind of interchangeably. And then I had someone on my team say, Natalie, what is the difference? Like, And so I had to really think about it. And <laughs> it, I was glad because it, it helped me to really define this. We can specialize by the work we do, the type of work we do, 
we niched by who we do it for. So industry, it could be also be the size of the business or the type of business. I work with a lot of small business owners who also work with other small business owners. So I tend to have them target larger small businesses that are closer to seven figures or multi-seven figures or at a minimum high multi-six figures because those businesses are stable and they make better clients. (laughs) And then you can combine the two, which is my favorite, and I call it an automatic yes business, which is when you specialize and niche together. And then you're in a very narrow category. Very few people are doing what you do. There's little competition. You can charge very nice prices. And it's just an overall easier business to operate. But you can also just specialize and just niche. And that's way better than being a generalist. And there's so many benefits. I mean, we have talked about this. I've talked about this on the podcast, like, you know, having a framework, it gives you a direction and one topic to talk about, but multiple offers, that type of thing. But there really are a number of pieces. And and I know one of the things that you point out, and I think this is so smart, is the, you know, it really informs the investments you make in your business as well, right? Like to have this direction, like, do I need this? No. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, you know, that's one of the biggest questions I see in Facebook groups, like, what should I use for this? Or I'm going to buy that type of thing. And really knowing your purpose and your direction, it helps to inform where you should be spending your time, your energy, your money on tools and resources as well. Yes. It's one of the reasons that I don't recommend that women that are new in their business spend a lot of money on their website, their branding, their photography, all of that, because it's most likely going to change. You're just getting started. You're experimenting. And so do the minimum that you need to get by to show that you're a real business and, you know, do that, but don't invest tens and tens of thousands in that area because in a couple of years, you're going to probably rebrand and relaunch. Totally. And, And, you know, mm -hmm. by doing and acting in your business, you know, I always say to my clients, you can't think your business, you got to do it, right? You don't know unless you take that step or do that test. You don't know if it's going to work for you. So I think, you know, that's a natural evolution that happens when people have businesses, right? You start to come into your own more and your ideas, what you like, what services you want to provide, what jazzes you, right? You do. And when you choose to specialize niche or both, it informs, as you said, so many of the investments you might make. So sometimes people say, oh, well, should I go to this conference? Should I join this local networking group? Should I be, which, how much time should I spend on social media and which platform is most important? Should I run ads? All of that is answered by how you decide to focus your business because I have clients that don't need to be on social media at all. I work primarily with consultants, marketers, and financial professionals like bookkeepers and CPAs. And some of them get all of their business by referral. They Mm -hmm. don't need to do anything. Some of them just go to a very specific local group and everything happens from there. Others of them, LinkedIn is their place. Others of them, Instagram is their place. So it becomes very clear. There's no reason to be on Instagram if your clients are corporate clients that are never on Instagram, right? Right. right. So most of my clients spend the majority of their social media time on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and that's where their clients are. So it's it really informs how they spend their time, what to invest in. It's just, as you said, your energy. And as you specialize or niche, you are becoming more of an expert and known as an expert. You're starting to work with more of the same types of people. And that's when those frameworks will pop out of you because you'll realize I am Definitely. repeating myself over and every call is the same thing over and over. Oh, I could have this intake form, which would answer this or... I could create a mini training that I could have every client watch before we hop on a call or when this issue comes up, I could share this training with them. So it also helps when you start to hire team members. So as you start Mm. to grow, yeah, if you remain a generalist and you try to hire people, well, there's going to be issues because it's going to be hard to train them on how to serve all these different types of people or how to do all this different type of work. It's very fascinating when we see clients try to do that because I have to say, you know, 
entrepreneurs are special. Like we're, we're special <laughs> unicorns that usually have a lot of experience. We're quick learners and we can do a lot of things. And we tend to hire people expecting them to be the same. Yes, and definitely. that is not fair. If they were the same as us, they would be running their own business. So we have to remember that when we hire people, it's so much easier to train them if we have a business that's more specialized or niched. Right. Because, you know, in a, a specialized or niche audience, they're looking for the same thing. Uh, you know, like if it's a dance studio, you are dealing with moms of children or, you know, that type of thing. So you can focus on the audience needs in that specialized way rather than saying, oh, I also have another business, a lawyer, like different types of audiences and what yes. they're looking for and how you want to talk to them. So, you know, I think that's a really important point in terms of how you will bring team members on because we forget about that. We think about, we do. Oh, I'm so dynamic. Mm -hmm. I get it. <laughs> you are dynamic, Sandra. <laughs> Not me. I mean, us in general, right? We no, say, we do. Oh, as a business owner, I'm yes. so dynamic. I can work with coaches. I can work with different mm -hmm. people, right? In and you can. Industries. You right. can. But if you're trying to build a business that will scale, the first place you need to start is with positioning. And that involves some experimenting to figure out where you're going to put yourself in the marketplace. I have an exercise I do with clients that I think we could do here on the podcast if you're game, Sandra. Oh, yeah, totally. We're just going to draw a grid like we did in middle school math or elementary math where you have the x -ax the x-axis and the y-axis. So on the horizontal, on the left, you're going to put generalist. And on the right is specialist. So that's the, the type of work you do. That's the what you do. And then on the up and down, on the y-axis at the bottom, you're going to be working with anyone. And the top, you're niched. And then you can plot yourself. Where do you fall in this? Mm. Are you a generalist working with anyone? Do you work with anyone, but you're a specialist? Are you a generalist, but you're niched by who you work for? Or in that top right quadrant, is you're niched and you're a specialist. And that's where I, I call that an automatic yes business. Because if someone is looking for that, you're the go-to person. And it's like, refer me. I'm a yes. We don't even need to get on a call. Yeah. And you're also, when you're an automatic yes business, you're able to stay on top of what's happening in that industry, right? Like mm -hmm. I just had a thought of like a photographer, right? Mm -hmm. So like if you're a photographer and you specialize in women entrepreneurs, or if you specialize in food photography or whatever, yes. like you're able to stay on top. You don't need to know both because you're not working in both. You're working in one lane and it really helps you to position your clients or, or deliver work to your clients that is always new, fresh, relevant. It is. And think about who are people looking for. We want to hire an expert. If I'm releasing my cold, hard cash that I've spent a lot of time working hard to earn, I am going to be careful how I'm spending it. And I don't want a photographer who on their website says, I do weddings, I do births, I do yeah. headshots, I do corporate events, I do whatever else you can think of. If you're hiring a wedding photographer, you want an expert in only weddings and probably even another few things you're looking for, like a certain aesthetic. Do they do black and white? Mm -hmm. Do they do candid shots a certain way? Are they more traditional? There's other ways that even among wedding photographers that they specialize and niche as well, right? When we think about marketers, so many of us have hired social media marketers to help us with our business. If I, I just said <laughs> that LinkedIn is important for my business, right? So if I'm looking to hire someone to help me with grow my business via social media, do I want someone who works on every platform and does right. ads for Facebook, Google, and all the things? No, I want a LinkedIn expert. That's who I want to hire. 100%. Yeah. Right. And so also when I get asked for referrals, which is often, so I have a very large network from having my own podcast since 2014 and working with lots of clients that I stay in touch with. And so I've heard you be referred to as an Uber connector. I am. I consider myself an Uber connector. <laughs> so I am able to keep a lot of people in my head and I, I am always matchmaking. So say, Sandra, you said to me, you know, Natalie, I am looking for, I want to do ads for my business or I want to whatever, let's just call that for a second. I want to do Facebook ads for my business. I 
have probably 30 people in my mind that are social media experts. Well, you just said ads. So now, just now, Facebook ads, that just narrowed my mind to about three that I could recommend to you. And then I would want to know more about, you know, I know your industry because we've been talking. So that would narrow it down to about two. So I went from 30 possible people to two. And I want to make a good match. I want it to go well. It's part of it is my reputation is on the line. So we need to think about that when we are wanting to be a generalist and play it safe. It feels so counterintuitive. Why would you shrink the amount of people in the world that you could work with? Our brain is like, don't do it. That's not (laughs) safe. Let's stay safe. Stay broad. Keep your options open. But when you do that, it's the exact opposite of what your brain wants to do. So you have to have a little talk with yourself and say, we're going to be okay. This is a great strategy and let's experiment and try it out. Because the more you narrow yourself, you become referable, really, really referable. Yes. Yes. And that's the easiest way to grow your business is by word of mouth. It's really interesting. We want to be able to help the average person understand our work because there are opportunities at the soccer field There are opportunities at kids' birthday parties. Like we need to be sharing. I find as women, oftentimes we don't talk about our work. And I think some of it's because some of our our mom friends don't work and some don't understand entrepreneurship. But I cannot tell you how many times I have shared something about what I do and I've gotten such a great referral or a connection for a friend. So yeah, I think it's really important that we we start to share in unusual spaces about our work and that we can we can explain it in a a way that others can understand even if they're not familiar with what we do. Yeah, and I think that also ends up leading into another point that you make about industry events and getting invited to speak like you become known in your industry. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so true. So people that put people on stages, they want an expert. They want someone who's going to show up and wow their audience because again, their reputation is on the line. So when you become an expert, it's so much easier to pitch yourself. I have a client, she is a grant writer and she is focused in, so she is niche to healthcare, just to healthcare grants. So if you think about all the grants and money that's out there floating around right. and people are, it's a- are applying to grants, there is so much. I mean, she could do education. She could do I mean, I can't even think of all the things that she could do. But so she has niched to healthcare and she says she could niche even further. She was able to pitch herself cold pitches to industry conferences and she just kept getting yes after yes after yes and was getting so connected. LinkedIn is her platform of choice. So everybody at the conference, she would ask in her room when she was speaking, connect with me on LinkedIn. It has led to so much work. And these aren't conferences that you're necessarily seeing online or on, you know, that 10,000 people are at, but she was talking to a room of like 100 or 150 of her ideal clients. Right. Exactly. And she has the insight into that business. Mm -hmm. She knows more about it than a generalist would. So, you know, it is so juicy in that way for the audience to get her insight from that. Can I share another client? Yeah. This is a real real world. This is a fun story. So this woman, her name's Jennifer. She first connected and I could say her name because I've worked with so many Jennifers. So it could be any of the Jennifer. (laughs) She first connected with me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, Natalie. And I love talking to people in the DMs on LinkedIn. And She's like, hi, Natalie, I listened to your podcast and I'm looking forward to joining Six Figures Lab. I'm a business coach. I'm like, okay, great. Tell me a little bit more about what you do because that could be anything. I am also a business coach, but I don't usually lead with that. So she shared with me what she does. And I was surprised because she really digs deep into her clients' numbers and is behaving more like a fractional CFO. And I... Occasionally, I give some coaching advice in the comments, which is fun, in the DMs. And so I shared with her, I said, you know, I've worked with a lot of coaches. They don't share, but their work looks like your work does. I wonder if you start sharing with people that you are a fractional chief financial officer and that you help analyze their numbers and help them figure out their cash flow and direction along with strategy because she loved strategy. 
And so she, she immediately started getting clients. So she was going to local networking events and being like, I'm a business coach. And people were like, that's nice. Moving right, exactly. on. <laughs> Met a lot before moving on. And when she said, you know, I am a fractional CFO, they're like, tell me more. Like, what exactly do you do? What does fractional mean? And how do you help your clients? She's now positioned herself to working with clients whose businesses are from one to 10 million. So service businesses from one to 10 million, preferably businesses that are like project type businesses from one to 10 million. And most of those clients tend to have a commercial lender. So now she's asking to be connected to commercial lenders. Commercial lenders that she's now connected with are referring her to their clients. She just shared in our um, private group today that she got a referral and offered to do a call with the person to share more about what she does. And they're like, no, I just want to hire you. How do we get started? How do I pay? Right. Wow. (laughs) Right. There's no better referral. Yes. So it was also led her to know uh, what's really great about specializing or niching or both is that you know who else is doing business with your clients and you can start to connect with them and ask to be connected to them. So there, I call those complimentary service providers. They're with your clients either at the right before, at the journey the client is right before they work with you or at the same time. This is a simultaneous complimentary service provider that's working. And so now what she's focusing on when she's out and about is like, do you know any commercial lenders? I'm trying to get connected with as many as I can in the area because that she knows works. The lenders don't want to help them with their numbers or give them strategy. I was going to say the (laughs) lenders need the numbers. Yes. You know, intact and and all, uh, you know, I's uh, dotted and T's crossed Mm -hmm. for them. So So it's such a win-win and her business is just going to take off. So I'm so excited for her. And that's why this work is so fun because it's so exciting once you can position people in the way that feels good to them. So as part of this, I also like to say, it needs to be enjoyable. You need to want to do it. You need to like to work with these clients. So I can help people. And I and I know when you advise people, Sandra, you, we could see all the different directions they could go in, right? Because of the talent and the expertise and the background that they have. But I want to help people build a, a business that will be enduring. So it needs to be enjoyable, profitable, and sustainable. If it's not all three, they're not going to stick with it. I had a, another client who is an expert and she's also in a financial professional. And she did not want to go in the direction which I wanted her to because it was so lucrative. She's like, <laughs> she said, I am in the top like 2% in the US in this area, but I hate it. Right. You don't want to commit. You're not going to want to do all of the pieces. I was like, well, we can't build a business off of that. And I will tell you, I checked back with her three times of like, what if you didn't have to do this part of it? What if someone else did that part of it? And there was no way, no workarounds. So off the table, we're not building that business. Even though she could build it very quickly, it'd be highly profitable. It wasn't going to be enjoyable and thus not sustainable, not doing it. We went a different direction. That's awesome, you know, because it isn't a forcing. It's a lifestyle, actually, mm-hmm. right? And that's really what we're all in it for. I want to shift also and start talking about some of those mindset issues because it is, you just brought it up, it is a big shift to change your business trajectory. And it takes time to get traction in this new area while it you're does. making that shift. Like, and you know, there's a lot of mindset issues that can come up with that. I was just speaking with a a good entrepreneur friend of mine who she's in the process of, hey, should I be niching down? Like she was asking us, like bouncing ideas off. And the mindset issues, you know, one of the things that came up for her was the, hey, I've worked with this coach. I paid this person for a year, a lot of money. And this is the antithesis of what they're teaching. Like, ah, you know, and Mm. all of those pieces, the influences, our mentors, you know, that imposter syndrome piece. Like, can we talk a little bit about the shift into narrowing down, whether it's specializing or niching? Yes. Well, a lot of layers there, but for for (laughs) anyone who has invested money in a space, whether it's a coach, an expensive website, a beautiful logo and brand, gorgeous photography that really doesn't match your personality. Yeah. All of that, those are technically what we call sunk costs. It was one of the first things I learned in economics. 
in college and that once you spent the money, you've spent it. It's a sunk cost. We can't go get it back, but we yep. also shouldn't make decisions based on that money that's already been spent. It's over. It's the past. We want to look forward and do what is best for ourselves and our business. And that's going to give us joy. So it's hard, especially yeah, so I mean, all it's the a money mindset to like all, kind of look at, I've got to make this change. It's scary. I know it is scary. And this is where it's really helpful to have mentors, have a coach that's on your side or have your friends in your back pocket that you can lean on. Or like, a community, like, like a community. what you've done. I want to, we'll yeah. dive into that, but yeah. So because there's so many mindset issues along the way to positioning yourself, especially if you're positioning yourself as an expert, because you get the imposter syndrome when you hear, who am I? Who are you to be doing this? That's not you inside. That's your inner mean girl. That's imposter yeah. syndrome. And everybody has it. So I just like to normalize that because I get to, t- I get to the behind the scenes of so many, you know, people's thoughts and feelings and fears. And that is just part of everybody's life. We just don't tell each other about it. So everybody is going through it at different phases and at different, you know, loudness volumes, so to speak. But what I would say is when we're going to shift our business, we're not going to shift it at once. We're not like turning the ship on a different course. We're going oh my gosh, to. <laughs> can I just tell you my analogy is. And I went through this personally. Ocean liners do not make right turns, hard right no. turns. And I like, because it's like, they don't just do that. It's no. a slow. I love you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Back at you. Yeah. <laughs> we want to keep the clients that we have, right? And then we're going to look at what are we trying to attract next? And as we're attracting, we're also repelling. So that is a good thing. And that's part of the whole specializing process is that you're going to repel some people. I very clearly said who I work with as we've been talking, consultants, marketers, financial professionals. I have not said many other businesses intentionally. I am repelling them in this conversation. I do this on social media. I do this on my website. And that is a wonderful thing for what I am building. And we all want to be attracting our ideal clients to us and repelling other people. So they know to go somewhere else and find their right match. So sometimes what I've seen people do and is they just want to get rid of all their current clients that they want to stop working with and oh, and what is go it the find, term? The burn the boats? Yes. Burn the boats is the don't, popular term. Don't burn the boats. <laughs> you, I'm not coming back. <laughs> don't burn the boats until <laughs> the new boat is built. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is where some of these teachings, we have to be careful what we're listening to and the, the way Agreed. I understand the intention behind that. And, and it is, it's about going all in. But if you need to pay the mortgage, if you need to buy groceries, if you need to pay for your kids' activities, then we need to keep revenue coming in. We have to be practical. So figure out what you need to keep. If you have a couple clients that you really do not like working with, let's see if we can let go of them. All new clients, all new messaging is the new niche or new specialty. Over time, it might take a year till mm-hmm. everybody is the new, the new niche or specialty. And then here's the caveat. Sometimes people say, well, what if I really like working with everybody? I really love doing this one type of client every once in a while. You can quietly do that if you'd like to. Mm-hmm. But publicly, and what kind of referrals we're asking for are still going to be your niche or specialty or both. But if you have an old client come to you and you guys love working together and you want to do that project and it makes sense, go ahead and do it. We're just not going to spread it all over the world and social media because we're trying to attract our ideal clients to us. And it's also owning that we all have our unique approach to business. You know, in this case of my friend, I was saying to her, it doesn't matter what that mentor taught you works for her. And it's not like you got the value of a lesson of what you don't want. And now Mm -hmm. you're able to decide how you want your business and how it works for you. And that's something I really try to impart on people is that there's as many ways to be successful as there are entrepreneurs. There are. So, you know, as long as you're 
moving in your direction, what feels good for you. And when you own that, then it it makes some of that shift and those scary pieces, that scarcity piece or the fear of judgment. She's fearing being judged, right, by mm-hmm. this other person. And it helps to ease that because you know, ultimately, you're doing what's right for you. Yes. With, with judgment, it's usually a couple people that we hear in our head like, oh, I can't do that because they might think or feel this. If we dig into that, it's usually just a couple voices. And so maybe play it out. What if this coach said, you need to do it my way or you're out of my program? Great. Give me a refund. <laughs> so right, right, right. I don't I'm think out. that coach is going to say <laughs> it's that. It's not for me. I'm learning that it's not for me. Anyway. I mean, I think that if you approach a mentor and share that you're wanting to go in a different direction, I mean, I have that happen to me too. Sometimes clients say, I've decided to go in a different direction. I know you're teaching this, but I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, yep. you're the CEO of your business in life. I am not. Great. I am a coach and a mentor. And people come to me because I've attracted them to me and I've repelled others. And they have grown to trust my wisdom, my experience. But I'm not for everyone. And sometimes my clients do things that I don't agree with. And that's okay. Or they do it in an approach that you wouldn't do for your business, right? True. And it's okay for them. So, you know, I, that's why I just try and impart that. Like, however it looks for you is really the path that you need to take. And here's the other thing I would say, especially for your friend and anyone else who's done a big investment, we've all learned something in that process. So maybe oh. you were in that program to take one thing and mm-hmm. it's going to stay with you forever. And it was worth that investment. If you spent a lot of money on your initial website, well, now you know how a website is created and the process that's involved and what you need to have ready for it. I remember the first, very first website I created, the website designer is like, okay, I need the copy. And I'm like, the what? He's like, well, what words do you want on here? And I was like, oh, I didn't know I needed to have that and have oh, that done. My God. That, so, I'm thinking like, how did they not set those expectations, uh-huh. first of all? <laughs> <laughs> We're going way back, but I'm just yeah. saying all ever since then, I now know all the components of a website. Right. I probably had five or seven websites since then. And so all of those lessons where it may seem like a waste of money, I really believe if we look back over time, we will see that it really wasn't a waste. And there was key learnings that we have taken with us. And 100%. so I think a lot of times we're just too hard on ourselves. Right. And it's because it's at a time of change, right? Where there's all these emotions. There's, oh, what should I be doing? Right. Type yes. Of thoughts coming in. So, but I think it's good to address that and to, you know, those items come in. I mean, there are the, the benefits and then what are the other pieces that could happen? You know, those emotions that could come in. You know, I think one of the ways that I really admire is, and and you do this with your um, Six Figures Lab, is that you build a community. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a community of other business owners who are on that same journey. So there is that relation to the process and to what's going on at this, you know, people are having those same experiences together. They are. Yes, it's a shared experience. I think what's different about my program versus many out there, which can confuse people sometimes is that I have a business model that I'm running my business on, which is a group coaching program. But I don't teach my clients to do that. I teach done for you services. I teach a retainer model. I teach high ticket projects. So there's coaches out there that can only teach the one thing that they have learned how to do. And then they're just repeating what their success was. Yes. I was telling you as we got started that I am proud to be 50. I have been on this earth for a long time. I've been in business and working since I was 20. I graduated college early. I love working. I love business. And so I have 30 years of work experience from starting my own. Well, really, I started in high school. I was a private swimming instructor. That was my first business. Learned a ton there. And then I've worked in a lot of different places. I've had other businesses. And so I am able to coach people on multiple models. So I do get a lot of people that are like, hey, can you teach me how to build a group coaching program like you've made? And I'm like, that's not what I do because I love so much as a coach, I am best suited for helping clients where I help them, which is helping them go from multi five figures in revenue to six figures to multi six figures so they can pay themselves eight to $10,000 a month. That's the the premise of the program. 
And it is a year-long program because I like to work with people for that period of time. And I like for them to see the highs and lows of other people's businesses in that time. So say Sally is at a high in January. Well, by June, she may may have lost three of her best clients and now she's scrambling. Whereas, you know, someone else was in the opposite place and they've like switched places on the spectrum of how their business is going in that year. And moving from five figures to multi six figures, there's a lot of flux. There's a lot of... Oh my gosh. It's like two different worlds, worlds apart. Yeah, it is. It's so much strategic. There's so much strategy involved, but also just best practices and building that Mm -hmm. muscle, you know, dealing with scope creep with clients and... And systems. Creating backend systems. So I have a framework that I use um, with my clients and it's three circles and it's strategy is one circle, operations is another, and team is another. And each of them have three kind of outer components to those circles. And that's what we're working on in the program. And really, most people come into the program needing help with strategy. And it's that positioning piece where we're figuring out where they fit. And then we're moving on to the next part. So something's usually red, yellow, or green in their business. And we address (laughs) that's I actually have them analyze that before they come in. And it's part of what we talk about on their um, call when they're asking about the program. and. Yeah, and then we're we're moving those reds to yellow and green so we can get it to be more of a green business. So tell us or share with us something, you know, because that's a unique approach where some of these year-long programs, as you said, are I'm teaching you my method. We're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do inside of there? Tell us, you know, one thing or two things unique that you do because people are working on different trajectories. Yes. In, in so the program. They, they could be at different revenue levels, but also working on the same issue. So they could all be having the same mindset issue. So we have trainings in the program and they're centered around our business model that I talked about. So okay. our coaching framework. So if you're struggling with positioning, there would be trainings on that. If you're struggling with figuring out your finances, there's things about that. If you are trying to figure out the workflows Um, with your clients. And I also have, I've white labeled some legal documents in there. So, so many of my clients are at the stage are also adding contracts and figuring out that. And so so we we have, gosh, I think like 30 different legal documents that clients have access to in the program as well. But the way it works is we've structured it by having weekly calls. So we have four calls a month. And the first call is laser coaching where clients submit questions and I rapid fire answer them. It's my favorite call of the month. They pre-submit before the call. They pre-submit. We sort them. If there's additional follow-up questions, I get that from our Facebook group. I'll be like, you asked this. What does this mean? And some of them, and then we group them. Sometimes two people really have the same questions, so they kind of get answered together. It's usually about 20. No matter how big our group is, it's been, um, it usually fluctuates somewhere between 50 to 80. So right now we're at about 55 in the group. No matter, even if there's 80 people, it's 20 questions. I want to call that call 20 questions. So usually it's 20 (laughs) questions. (laughs) It's so funny because I was like, oh, when it gets bigger, what's going to happen? Many people just love listening to the other questions that are asked Mm -hmm. and um, our clients that have been in the- And that is one of the benefits of a program like yours. Mm -hmm. I mean, just hearing what other business owners are going through and that sparks ideas. It does. It does. I have a client that she's very active in our Facebook group. She really gets all of her questions answered in our group. And I'm in there, clients tag me. I'm coaching in the group. I call it coaching in the comments. I'm in there. My other coach who's in the program with me, Elizabeth Cook, she's in there coaching too. And so we are constantly answering questions and we know all of our clients' businesses. So I could, you could tell me a client, I could tell you about their business. And nine times out of 10, I can tell you where they live because that's how my brain works. I have to geolocate everybody. (laughs) So I anchor them to their, wherever they live. Which helps with makes me an Uber connector because if you I know where you live, I can connect. I like I have some friends in New Jersey I should connect you to, Sam. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> um, and former clients um, and other podcasters. So that's our first call. The second call of the month is called CEO Workshop. And that's a time to either do a training that's, you know, to kind of be like, I'm going to dedicate this time to do a training in the training library or to do like a co-working hour where I'm going to commit to getting this one thing done. I'm going to tell the group and we're going to be quiet and get it done. And then Elizabeth leads that call and she does a a pre-chat at the beginning, but at the end is kind of the water cooler talk. Here's what I worked on. Just getting that kind of community and getting to talk to people. And then we also, during that call, open up a breakout room if any of our clients want to have a meeting with one another 
we encourage them to connect one-on-one with as many people as they can in the group. And okay, so then third meeting of the month is their own relationships there. (laughs) Oh, right. We have best friends have been created. I need to start tracking how many best friends and biz besties I've helped create (laughs) over the years. So third call of the month is our mastermind call. And every quarter we match our clients into a new mastermind. And we don't just throw them in groups. We have a separate meeting outside where we match them. Who was were they together last time? We actually had this. We had three people that we matched into a group this time but they had all three been in a group last time. And it was like three out of seven in the group. So we moved them. We did some changing, but we're we're really intentional about- how- And how are you choosing that? On their goals and their direction, or is it more of a mix and mingle type of? It depends. It goes in themes. Sometimes we group people by, it changes every time. Usually there's a few people we feel like they need to be together because we know they could really learn from each other. And that kind of starts off and forms the group. And then some of it's intuition. I lean on my intuition a bit, which is a little woo-woo, but it just kind of happens. And then, for example, like every once in a while, I'll know someone who's struggling with sales. Well, so-and-so's former career, she was a pharmaceutical rep, so she knows how to sell. And that's I know if they're in a group together, naturally we'll help each other. So-and-so's, I know she's hiring a lot. Let's put an HR consultant in that group because that will be... And then she's struggling with social media and let's have that social media person in that room. So we know a lot about what they're working on. And the way we know that is because of the the last call of the month, which is our goal setting call where they share. We ask our clients to fill out a form as part. We work, walk them through the process on this call and they fill out this form where they share what they're going to be working on over the next month. And quarterly, we do it over the next quarter. They break it down and they let us also know their numbers. So it's very important that my clients have a bookkeeper so that they know their numbers every month. Mm -hmm and can report those to us. So we are asking them how much they're making, how much revenue, how much they're paying themselves. And so so we're collecting a lot of data and all of that is automated and goes into a database that we can review as coaches. So I would say one of the things that we do that is very unique to us is we're collecting a lot of data from our clients and we have automated a process where we can go look at it and analyze it. And so Elizabeth and I and our program assistant go through those goals every month separately outside of the group. And we look at who we need to watch out for and also who's mm-hmm. like killing it. And those that we're worried about, Elizabeth sends them a little note and says, hey, we noticed this, you know, your revenue's been down the last few months. What's going on? Is there anything we do to support you? Could we connect you with someone? If we have a training, we think would help them. So what we've attempted to do is to take a one-to-one coaching experience and bring as much as that as we could into a group coaching experience Mm -hmm. and work with people who want to commit to working with us for a year. So the commitment is important. And to me, it's very high touch. People are, yes, people that have programmed hopped a lot are like, Natalie, I can't believe is like how much access we have to you. And the community building, like my mind is blown. Like, you know, I knew a bit about your program until you went deep like this right now. And that community building, like that is invaluable because I have done these larger programs where there has been no community building. And I'm like, I'm in other places, a free Facebook group that's doing more community building. And it's more valuable to me Yes, because of that. And it really shines a light on what's important to you in your values. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Like for me, I am a hundred percent behind that community building piece. Yeah, like- so I was in a group coaching program, which was, I don't know how many times more than what I charge. And yes. I really partially was in that honestly, to see how it was run. There were yes. 400 people in it. It was only for coaches and they had some in-person events and you couldn't get on a call with the lead coach, the the guru who's the head of it, right? He wasn't coaching. So I could get on a call with another coach, but I didn't feel that person really had the level of business acumen as the lead coach. And it was really, there was no way to get to know the other people other than at the in-person events. And so I would say that's an example of something I invested in. And to be honest, during that, my dad got very ill. My dad had passed away from terminal cancer in June, 2020. And I was in that program as he was ill. And the last few events I couldn't go to and I couldn't participate as much. And I felt frustrated that I had invested money that really didn't do much for me. But to be honest, so many things I learned from things I liked about that program. I did. There were things I did like and things that were not great for me. That has been what I took 
It wasn't yes. necessarily that I got feedback on my business. I mm-hmm. figured out there was no community. I know it's one of my strengths. I know how to create community in any room. And so we do that. So that has come into this group. And so we change the masterminds every quarter. People are in a new mastermind. And it's really the goal of it is not about getting the advice in the mastermind, all that that happens. The goal is the interconnectivity, the network mm-hmm. effect that happens in the group because people are meeting and connecting in these small groups. And I just want to say a note as well is that there are a lot of people who have memberships and we talk a lot about like how much content you should put in there and all of this. And one of the things I love about your program is that you do have that content, mm-hmm. but one of your tenants is you don't have to go through that content. You don't nope. have to go through any of it's that content. It's not a course. It's Actually, not a course. That, right. That content is there for you. You can take a training if you need to implement that strategy, but it's not like, oh, they haven't been going through the content and we're keeping tabs. And you know that is so freeing because it's about the moving forward, the accountability, the interaction, all of these other pieces without fire hose of content that you don't. Yeah. And thank you for I appreciate you saying that because especially people will come in, they'll be like, well, where should I go? Where should I start? And it's right, more right. about, and so they do also have a intro call with Elizabeth, who's co-coaches with me in there. And Elizabeth will assess like where they should start. She will recommend trainings. Like if you'd like to start somewhere, start here. We also have a whole course on hiring called your next best hire. We sell that separately, but it's in this program. So you don't need to take the hiring course until you're ready to hire. Right, right. (laughs) So don't bother with that. So it's really great to have have built up enough content in there that it's all there when someone needs it. And it's there to meet them as they need it. And people need it at different times. So it's been really fun. It's a it's I like to help people build businesses that they would do for free, but we get paid for it. And this is what's happening for me now. I am doing a business. I absolutely love the work I do. It lights me up and I would do it for free, but I'm glad I don't have to because I do have to help pay the mortgage. (laughs) Well, that's one of the tenets of your brand, right? Being unapologetically focused on people earning more profit, women Mm. moving forward with their businesses. Very important. It's very important to me. I, I really want women to have buying power in the marketplace Mm -hmm. to be responsible for more of the money that's floating around out there. And to be act differently with our money. Yes, we do. (laughs) Women act differently with their money. We do. We do. When they study how people spend, women tend to give more away. We're more generous. And it's not that there aren't generous men out there. There are. I know them. I've met them. I'm friends with them. I'm married to them. I'm married to a very generous man, not to them. <laughs> I, I, I could not handle more than one husband. Right, exactly. Just one, just one. <laughs> what is good for me. So I also encourage women to make a market-based wage from their business because mm-hmm. we want our business to be taken seriously in our household. So many of my clients have a partner or are married or they're the breadwinner of their house or running their own house. But other clients have partners or spouses who are making a great wage. If you are not also contributing to the family in some way, your business will not be taken seriously and your time will will not be as respected that's going into the business. So it's very important to me to help women build a business that is making a market-based wage and profit. And that contribution helps to your overall vision and dreams. Like even if your partner does really well, like you can get that beach house or you can, like there's all these other pieces that might be part of your vision or on your vision board. And so I love that it can be equally part of it. It doesn't just have to be the sustenance of the one lifestyle, right? It can help to expand your lifestyle in whatever you dream. And it might be that you're building wealth for future generations. It might Definitely. be that you're paying for college. One of one of my clients, she was struggling with what her goal should be for her business. And she she said, you know, we are great. My husband has a great salary. We have saved and invested. Like I know what I'm I just feel kind of lost. We chatted about it and we figured out that they have three boys and they have student loans for the boys' college. 
And I said, well, what would like be a huge win for the family? She's like, if my business could pay for college and all Mm -hmm. those loans. And so I had her meet with her husband and their CPA and they mapped it all out and they know the order in which they're paying them off. And so she's gunning for that first one and then she's going to do the next one. And so they made a plan, a family plan about what her business is going to do. And let me tell you, I am 100% certain that her husband is thinking more highly of her and her business. And then her sons are going to be like, mom paid for college. Yeah, rock star. And, you know, it's all of those pieces that come together for the family as well. Mm-hmm. And her own, she's going to feel good about her contribution and what she's bringing to the family as well. It's amazing. It was really a fun uh, revelation to have with her. Well, you are helping people build these sustainable businesses and we know that they don't happen overnight. It's a long game. And I love that we share that alignment uh, on, on that view. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming here, Natalie. Of course, we are going to have links to your website, to your Six Figure Lab, all of that on the show notes page. People can find you. We'll also have your LinkedIn because that's your number one platform. Find me there. People can get in your DMs and chat it up with you. They can. And really, you have really brought something here today that I think is going to start helping people shift and make some changes. So um, it's super valuable. And I want to thank you again. Thank you so much. I, as I told you, I love the intention of your podcast. Being a business owner, I like to say takes great courage. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, there's some people that show that it does or make it seem that it does. Most of those, it's not their first rodeo. They've had lots of other businesses before. They ha- they're spending a lot of money to get to you to see where they're at at the moment. But if you stay with this, if you stay with your business, and it it is a long game, but it's so rewarding. And I'm so glad that we are so aligned. And I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for having me today, Sandra. Great. And we'll keep in touch. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.